and then Aaron was on vacation one time and he was wearing a Cloudcast t-shirt and some guy came and came up to him across the pool at whatever resort he was at and embarrassed the heck out of his daughter and was like, I know you, you're the guy from the Cloudcast. And his daughter was super embarrassed, but, um, <laughs> you know, this was in like, you know, it was in Mexico or some, you know, some foreign country or something. And this guy was like, yeah, I listened to your show. Welcome to Podcasting in Real Life, the Buzzcast show where we dive into the real-life stories of podcasters in the middle of their podcasting journey. I'm your host, Travis Albritton, head of content at Buzzsprout. Now, you won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, you'll hear everyday podcasters, just like you, share personal stories about how podcasting has impacted them and the things that they've learned along the way. And in today's conversation, I get to sit down with the co-host of the Cloudcast, Brian Gracely. Now, when Brian and his buddy Aaron decided to start their podcast, it wasn't last month or last year even. It was eight years ago. And he shares some of the unique challenges that they had that we don't even think about today. Things like storage, equipment, software, you name it, they had to figure it out. And so it's kind of funny hearing about, you know, only eight years ago, how much more difficult it was to produce a podcast. And Brian also talks about how doing the podcast has been both personally fulfilling and professionally advantageous, and how even though this is a side hustle for them, they are by no means quitting their nine to five, but it has certainly helped make a difference and a dent in their professional lives. And that's definitely another way to be successful with your podcast. So I appreciate that he shared that perspective. But the reason that Brian and Aaron ultimately decided that they needed to start their podcast was simple. They lived on the wrong side of the country. We both live in Raleigh, North Carolina. We both work in the tech industry. And Raleigh is a a nice tech area. You know, it's sort of what I'd consider like a second class sort of tech city. It's not Seattle. It's not uh, Silicon Valley. And around the time, we were both kind of looking at at our jobs and our careers, and we were seeing all this interesting technology come out of Silicon Valley, uh, Amazon Web Services and Google was doing cool stuff and the iPhone was sort of um, becoming a thing. And we kind of looked at each other because we were just kind of colleagues and friends and we were like, how in the world are we going to get exposed to all this cool stuff in Silicon Valley when we live on the other side of the country? And we knew a couple of people that did uh, some podcasts. And again, like you said, it was super early in the days. And we said, well, we'll we'll start a podcast and our, our goal will basically just be for us to learn things. And so it, it kind of got started, um, you know, just for us. Uh, we didn't have any real expectations that it was going to grow a whole lot, but we we thought we would, uh, you know, find a way for us to learn. And our pitch was, was really terrible uh, to guests, but it, it kind of played to the ego of people. We basically, you know, we knew some people on the internet, whether it was through Twitter or whatever, and we would just reach out to them and we'd say, hey, look, here's the deal. Uh, we literally have no audience, but we think what you do is really smart, and we're willing to record the conversation for 30 minutes if you'll just tell us the cool stuff that you're working on. And it played to people's ego. Um, you know, we we sort of started off with friends and family, uh, not friends and family, but, you know, kind of friends we knew in the industry. Um, we reached out to a couple of kind of well-known, bigger-named people. Uh, one of the guys that uh, used to – had built, like, the Netflix services before Netflix became really big over the over the internet, and it just kind of took off from there. Well, and when you say back in the day when you first started, that was 2011. Right. So that was 
not yesterday. That that was quite a while ago. No, it was a long time ago. It was it was really hard to find good microphones. I mean, most of the, everything was you know a USB thing that scratched your beard. Um, so the audio quality was terrible. <laughs> um, finding tools to do recording were really hard because most of them were built for like Windows, and a bunch of us had Macs. So finding that was hard. Um, and you know, I mean, like we went through some really basic things where people at the time sort of thought, oh, video is going to be a thing. So we were like, well, do we make the show video? And you don't think about little things like this now, but we made a few shows that were, you know, video and audio. And to download them, they took up like a gig of memory. And people were like, hey, man, my iPhone only has eight gig of memory. You just, I can't download more than one episode. And so, you know, little things like that, that you don't even think about nowadays. But, um, you know, the technology was really hard at the time. And, uh, and, you know, finding guests has always been a hard thing to do. Yeah, that's like back in the day when YouTube videos were at, you know, 480 resolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like when people still bought point and shoot cameras, like this was the this was the era of the genesis of the cloudcast. Right. Yeah, it was. And it was I mean, so many of the things that we take for granted these days. Uh, you know, unlimited storage for things and, you know, lots and lots of bandwidth. I mean, we had really early, early problems where we would record via Skype because um, we would never be in the same city or our guests were never in the same city, you know, and just basically being able to get more than, I don't know, a one one meg of download stuff was was hard to do. We had to upgrade our upgrade our internets to be able to upload the, uh, you know, the episodes at the end of stuff. So, yeah, we got started really early. Um, the, the biggest thing for us was, you know, technology is a really huge field. So we, we specialize in sort of like what's called enterprise technology. So the stuff that banks and insurance companies and car companies and all of them buy, um, you know, we just got to talking to the people that were building all that technology. So the good news for us was we started from this incredibly big base of topics that we could talk about. And it was just a matter of figuring out a format that people were willing to give us time to listen to. And what did those initial episodes sound like and and look like and feel like because i know for you know especially the last couple years it's been easier to model other people's shows right right so if you want to do a free form conversation you go watch some joe rogan episodes you get a feel for how he does it and you're like i'm gonna do my version of that right but but back then there's nothing there's nothing to compare it to you're just kind of creating out of thin air so i'm curious what it was like creating a podcast episode when you first started yeah, there was there was a few things we kind of kept in mind. There were, there were a couple of shows that that we kind of that we liked at the time. So like Bill Simmons, who's a sports person, uh, was at ESPN at the time, had kind of a longer form show. Uh, there was a guy named Adam Carolla who's still a you know he's a big deal in podcasting now, but he was just getting started. He did a longer form show, and so we sort of said, well, the longer form allows us to dig into stuff, and we wanted to dig into stuff. So we, we knew it was going to be a little bit more longer form, so thirty minutes ish or more. Um, you know, we always, we had this general philosophy that we were going to go find people that were, that were way smarter than us, that were passionate about something, uh, and that were kind of forward looking in what they did. So, you know, that was always a theme of ours. We never wanted to do news because we felt like, you know, news was only relevant for that week. And if somebody missed the show that week, you know, why would I want to listen to this thing? Um, you know, and then over time we started, we kind of learned a few things, right? Like, the first few times we did long form and a show might be 68 minutes or 43 minutes or some other thing. And and we started getting feedback from people and they said, look, um, I like your show, but I listen to it on the way to work. So my commute's like 30 minutes or I go for a run. That's like 30 minutes. So little things like that started guiding us to say, okay, 
30 minutes is about what we should shoot for. It's five or six questions. We started getting really disciplined about kind of the homework we would do about a guest. You know, we wrote a bunch of show notes, um, but that, that kind of shaped it. It was, you know, go find smart people. Um, we started whittling down what the format should look like. So it was really consistent every week. And then I, I think the biggest thing for us was uh, we said we're going to, you know, there was a few podcasts at the time and we said, we just need to do one every week, no matter how good or bad the guests are going to be, just do it every week so that people know to come back to it. And, I, and actually, you know, that may change now. There's like, you know, series and stuff, you know, people binge watch stuff. But back then, binge watching wasn't even a thing. So just being consistent every week was super important to us. Well, and you're, you're coming up on episode 400 soon of your podcast, that's right. right? Yeah, so, this, this week or next week. Yep. That, that's a huge accomplishment. You know, most most don't make it past seven. So 400, you've you've established yourself. You're, you're sticking around, at least for now. <laughs> yeah. And, we, and we've had, I mean, we've had the moment like probably most people have had where you're like, do I keep doing this thing? And it was never a matter of like, did we get enough downloads? But we were just like, you know, we both have kids and we we're like, do we want to keep doing it? We're busy or is it worth our time? Is it worth the hassle to go find people? And the thing that kind of drove us, um, and again, we, you know, we always sort of did it for ourselves selfishly because it allowed us to, to go meet new people or maybe find a new job or something was just, Hey, there's more stuff to learn. And, you know, maybe it seems like a lull in technology, nothing new's come out, but it's just like, just keep plugging along and plugging along. And, and now it's just become something that, you know, there's enough listeners that I think we feel kind of obligated that we need to get something out every week. And, um, you know, so it, it just has become a regular part of our lives and it gives us a reason to learn something new every week. Yeah, it is a totally different dynamic when you feel the you feel the responsibility to show up for people. You know, it's I started this thing for me, but now it's now it's an us thing, right? It's me and everyone else. Well, and you, you know, for for myself and for Aaron as well, like we'll we do we do this as our regular job, and we do this the podcast as a, you know kind of a side thing, um, and we'll go into meetings with with companies, and they'll go, oh, we we know you from the thing, we, we know you from the podcast. Um, it's a little awkward, you know, it's a little, um, I, I'm not, a, I'm never exactly sure how to respond to that. It's like, Hey, thanks for listening. That's cool. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of gotten us some visibility into places that we never expected. We would, you know, people would ever have any idea who we are. So, so the response is you've never said, well, what have you bought any of our merch yet? <laughs> We've never done. I, I tell you the weirdest, the weirdest thing we have. Well, we had two kind of interesting ones. So I did an event once, one time somewhere, um, just kind of a speaking at a panel thing. And I got to talking and this lady came up to me afterwards and she said, you know, it took me a few minutes, but I, I finally figured out who you were. I recognized your voice. She goes, I listened to your show. She goes, I, it, like, I'm so used to having you literally in my head, in my ears. And that was one of those moments where you're like, yeah, this is, it's like a really personal thing that you're, you know, you're in people's earbuds. You're, you're really, you're in their head talking to them. They kind of listen to you. They get to know you. Um, so that was one of those moments where we were like, okay, we, we need to make sure we do a good job of this. Um, and then, and then Aaron was on vacation one time and he was wearing a Cloudcast t-shirt and some guy came and came up to him across the pool at whatever resort he was at and embarrassed the heck out of his daughter and was like, I know you, you're the guy from the Cloudcast. And his daughter was super embarrassed, but, um, <laughs> you know, this was in like, you know, it was in Mexico or some, you know, some foreign country or something. And this guy was like, yeah, I listened to your show. And it was like, oh, cool. Thanks for, you know, so it. It, it helping it's helping people somehow and uh, it always feels good yeah i want to dig into a little bit of the side hustle life uh for a moment just just because uh most podcasters most independent podcasters do not make you know 100 percent of their income from their podcast um even if they're business owners or they have other things going on 
And so, so I wanted to ask you, like, how does the podcast uh, blend into the rest of your life? Because, you know, I, I imagine with kids, with family, with jobs, you have to set some priorities and some boundaries to make sure it doesn't, you know, infiltrate things that don't need to be infiltrated. Um, so I'm just curious what like a, like a week in the life of, of Brian looks like, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, we always did the show mostly so we could stay up to date uh, in the industry, right? We always looked at it as like, you know, some people go and do, you know, ongoing training for their job. Maybe they, you know, they learn a new something if they're a nurse or a doctor or whatever it was. So we always treat it as like, it was like our own ongoing training. It was just free. Uh, it was whatever we were spending on it. Um, and that was always it for, for a really long time. Uh, and just in terms of like commitment level, I think, you know, typically, you know, we'll spend a little bit of time going and finding some guests. Um, that was hard at the beginning. It's become easier. People reach out to us and want to come on. Um, we've gotten pretty good at, at what I'll call like learning to learn. So, uh, you know, it'll take me 30 minutes to kind of go research some people, do some background on their website, figure out who they are, what's important to them. Um, and then the, you know, build, doing the show probably takes 45 minutes to an hour to record and half an hour or 45 minutes to do the editing. So, you know, it's not a major commitment. Um, you know, the families have all sort of come to understand like, okay, that's, that's what dad does. And sometimes when he goes off in the room and closes all the doors, like that's, that's his thing. Um, it, it's been an interesting thing having like a regular day job. Cause when we first got started, like you said, nobody knew what podcasting was. And so if you told somebody like, Hey, I do this podcasting on the side, it never bothered them. Um, what's gotten interesting is because we cover so many topics on the show and because we have day jobs that sometimes will, will overlap with that. Or in some cases, like we'll have a guest that works for a company that competes with one of our companies. We always have to figure out ways to, to not get ourselves fired from our day job, um, <laughs> you know, because it, like it'll happen. We'll we'll talk to somebody who's really interesting. They happen to work for a competitor and some random person at, at your work will come up to you and they'll go, why did you spend an hour giving them, you know, free airtime and this, that and the other? And, uh, you know, so for us, it always comes back to I don't want to make a commercial out of whoever my guest is, whether they're a competitor or a friend or somebody interesting. Um and, you know, and I always am able to justify it with work by saying, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm gaining industry knowledge. It, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not on your dime. We typically do these late at night and, um, you know, it's, and it's tended to work itself out. But uh, it's always, it is always a balance. Um, you know, there's times when we record three or four shows in a week so that we can, you know, go on vacation, uh, you know, over Fourth of July or something like that. But um, it, I, we, I don't know. We've always treated it as just uh, when you don't live in Silicon Valley and you work in the tech industry, you've got to find ways to stay connected to to that part of the industry because it is so kind of centered around that part of the world. Well, and that's interesting hearing about the uh, create potential creative restraint of understanding that there's there's ram there's real life ramifications potentially of who we bring on and how we feature them or how we position yeah. them. Yeah. You know, and we turn and we turn people down, and you know, we just have to tell them, "Look, um, you're really interesting, or whatever. Whoever's pitching you is really interesting, but you know, my day job's more important. It pays the bills, so they don't seem to get too offended about that." <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. So, uh, I want to talk about your a little bit deeper into your podcast because it's pretty niche, you know, enterprise IT solutions. And, and talking about the people that start the companies and work on the products. Um, tell me a little bit about what it's like making a super niche podcast. You're not reviewing TV shows. You're not giving wellness advice. It's like there's a pretty definitively carved out 
uh, audience for this. So, so what are some things that maybe uh, a normal, quote-unquote, normal podcaster wouldn't have to think through that you guys have to on a consistent basis? Yeah, I think, so like you said, there, there's lots of shows about common stuff, you know, Game of Thrones or, you know, this is my favorite beer. We don't do a whole lot of opinions. So a lot of what we have to do is um, kind of analysis. Uh, you know, what, what, is, what does this technology actually do? Why would it matter to people? So I think we spend a little more of our time on, um, you know, what, what would be the business impact of, of using some new technology, which is, you know, always kind of interesting. We're, we're both engineers by trade. So having to learn about the business side of it is, is always interesting. Um, we don't do a whole lot of stuff on news. So the nice thing is we don't have to do things that are super timely. Um, like if I, if I miss something big and new by a week or a month or whatever, it doesn't matter. And we've actually found that the show has this really long tail. So, you know, week to week, we will get a whole bunch of more listeners than we actually got for the main show for that week. So, you know, that, that I think is a little bit different. Um, you know, I do get, I do get friends and neighbors and my mom and who will, you know, from time to time go, Hey, you know, I heard you talk about the podcast and I went and tried to listen to it and I got about two minutes in and it, it all sounds Greek to me. I have no idea what you're talking about. And, you know, I hope you're not offended by that, which is perfectly fine, but, um, I, I, I'll, I'll put it in context. So, you know, the IT industry, um, you know, is a, is about a $4 trillion industry. Um, most of it people don't ever see cause they just go to work and their computers work or something. Um, but there, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big industry. Um, when we have trade shows, you know, the events where everybody comes into one place, there'll be anywhere from 10,000 to a hundred thousand people that come and gather for these things. So, you know, it is a niche audience. Um, they're kind of fickle. They want, they want more factual stuff than a lot of marketing stuff. So we always have to skew towards, you know, keep the opinions out of it, you know, to give them things that they can, you know, they can do actions with and, uh, but we we're lucky. We don't have to worry about we don't have to worry about timeliness too much. So we can skip a week. We can miss something, and and people don't really care because there's other stuff going on to fill their time. It's funny you mention uh, you know friends, family being like I tried to listen to the podcast and I just couldn't follow along. One of the one of the funniest things to me as a podcaster is when friends come up and they, they like apologize. They're like apologizing right, to me right. for not listening to my podcast or like falling behind. Like, oh, okay, well, now the friendship is off because you are not appreciating my art. That's right. <laughs> it's That's just right. a really interesting... Like, I, I, you couldn't have told me that would have happened. I'd be like, what do you mean? Like, they can listen to what they want. But it's like people feel this obligation if they know you well and you have this thing that, oh, I need to I need to apologize for not being up to date on everything in your life. Yeah, and it's, I, you know, I mean, it's I always look at it as like, I, I couldn't go into 99 out of 100 of my friend's you know, day jobs and have any idea what they do. Like, yeah, you're a doctor, but don't ask me to go into surgery with you. I have no idea what you do. I don't know. I don't know the words that you use. And so it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't take offense to it when, uh, when people say they don't understand it. Well, and you guys do not, because you lean more technical, you do not shy away from using the, the lingo, the industry lingo. Um, no. So I was listening to one episode and I'm like, I'm relatively technical in nature, but even I'm getting lost in some of this conversation. Um, but that actually, that actually plays to your advantage when you're trying to reach a specific kind of person though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, I, I think what happens is people tend to, to trust us a little bit. They, they'll go, okay, these guys have talked about a lot of these things and they go in depth with it. And, uh, you know, we're the first to say, Hey, we don't always know what we're talking about. Not, not that we're kind of, 
you know, kind of BSing people, but you know, this is a learning process for us. Um, so, but I mean, we'll get, you know, we'll get CEOs on the company. We'll get people that invented the technology, um, you know, and, and those things are, are good. I, the one thing that's sort of challenging for us is when you have a really complicated topic or, you know, complicated set of stuff you're working on, sometimes you wish you had a visual medium, like a whiteboard or, you know, a video or something like that to, to visualize it for people. And, and podcasting just isn't in general, a visual medium. So, you know, there's times when we have to, you know, you're saying, Hey, it sounded technical. Like there's times when we have to dumb it down quite a bit because we're like, look, I know you would love to tell us how cool this is, but it's just not going to work when somebody's going for a run. Like they they can't visualize it and process all the things you're telling me at the same time. So we have to, we have to kind of find what that right balance is of like, I give you 30 minutes, tell me the cool parts, try not to get too far in the weeds. And hopefully if people are interested, they'll, they'll follow up with you or they'll go follow up and learn some more stuff. That makes sense. That makes sense. Cause you're trying to balance kind of being accessible enough without you know, and but also signaling to people like we we know we're we're your people. We know what we're talking about at least on the same at the same level that you are. We're exploring this together. Um, now, what have been some things that you've learned in the process of interviewing people that you wouldn't have otherwise, like particular softwares or skills or uh, different parts of the industry that you've come to really appreciate or or get excited about that wasn't a thing before you started the podcast? Yeah, so. You know, we, I think we've been exposed to a lot of technology. So the technology doesn't, I mean, we learn new stuff, but it's not something that I'm like, oh my God, I'm blown away. I, I think the biggest thing that we've gotten is um, more and more. So we had this interesting moment, like, I don't know, a year or so into the show, we were like, hey, it's friends and family and blah, blah, blah. And this PR firm from Silicon Valley reached out to us and they were like, hey, our, you know, we represent this company. Our CEO would like to come on. And we were like, holy cow, the people in Silicon Valley actually listen to the show. Like we always thought it was a, a one-way street to us. Um, and because of that, and we've met a bunch of people that um, are in the startup sort of area from the, the venture capitalists who provide the money for startups to the actual startups. And um, so we've learned a lot about kind of how the technology gets created and how the money flows into the system. Um, you know, I, I hate to say this to my my audiences, but like, we get a lot of inform information that we share with them. And then when the microphones get turned off, a lot of times the founders or whatever will go, oh, wow, you guys, you kind of got it. It was, you know, I appreciate you kind of getting my industry and they'll just kind of open up and they'll just tell us stuff. And so we've learned a lot about, you know, how companies get formed, um, where, you know, how money, you know, how they raise money, um, kind of sometimes how difficult that stuff is, how they sell companies. So the the business side of, all these new startups that get on the cover of magazines and stuff has been a really interesting learning process that I don't think we would have ever gotten just living in Silicon or living in Raleigh because there isn't a whole lot of that here. But everybody in Silicon Valley kind of has that that tribal knowledge that we never would have gotten otherwise. Now, you've mentioned a couple times that, you know, there's some definitely some overlap between your actual career and your podcast. I'm curious what kind of impacts the podcast has had on your career? Has it opened doors that maybe wouldn't have opened otherwise or introduced you to people that later you linked up with to do something with like what, what impact has podcasting had on your, on either of your careers? Yeah. So I think a couple of things. So, so tech has become this industry where people don't tend, tend to stay in the same job for a long time. Uh, you know, your parents were in it for 20 something years People might be around a job for five years or less. So 
you know, I know both Aaron and I have, uh, you know, we've both gotten jobs because of people we've met through the podcast. Um, so, you know, we weren't, you know, we weren't on the podcast going, Hey, if anybody knows for jobs, but like people would reach out to us and they would say, Hey, you seem to have expertise in this space. Um, so we've both used it as a vehicle to find new jobs. Um, I think both of us have gotten much better at being kind of outbound facing speakers, you know, people that, that communicate out to the industry. So, uh, Aaron's a little more, um, extroverted than I am. I'm actually pretty introverted just in general. Um, and it's, you know, it's forced me to learn how to speak to people that I don't know, speak about topics that I don't necessarily know very well. Um, you know, the, just being able to to interview people is an interesting process because it it always has you having to think one question ahead. So you, you ask a question, you're like, all right, I got a good question. They started their answer. And then in your head, you're going, okay, I need to have some sort of follow-up. Do I listen to what they were saying and follow up from that? Or do I just have another one that logically follows? And you know, so just the process of of how you communicate with people in unknown situations or complicated situations has been really good. Um, and then one other thing, you know, and I know you've talked about things like this with with other podcasts, is it's built this really big community for us of people that um, you know we can reach out to for help from time to time, or we can provide help to. And um, it, it's it's kind of crazy when you when you build a community, um, you know, kind of how interconnected and how interested people are in kind of furthering that community, um, which is something we'd never really experienced before. Yeah. You never really think about how, you know, when you start to actually have a podcast and start to gain an audience, like you, you now become a de facto leader of a tribe. Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) It's like, Oh, I'm not really sure that's what I signed up for, but I guess I'm here. So might as well go for it. Right. Right. Yeah, we we have we have an interesting we have, we have sort of this interesting thing with our podcast. Uh, you know, people know us for technology, and then there's this there's this thing. And I, I'm going to apologize to anybody listening to the show. I, I hope it doesn't offend any of them. Um, it's not it's not filthy. It just um, so there's this thing that goes on here in Raleigh uh, that happened at NC State University. So I don't know a decade or so ago, uh, a bunch of dumb college kids um, were sitting around one night. NC State University is in downtown Raleigh. About two miles away is this thing called the Krispy Kreme Donuts, which is a, you know, think of it as like the South version of Dunkin' Donuts. And they had a dare, which was we're going to run down, we're going to run the two miles to the to the Krispy Kreme Donuts, we're going to eat a dozen donuts, and we're going to run back. And it became this kind of folklore thing that has um, spun out to be, now it's called the, the Krispy Kreme Donut Run. There's about 10,000 people that do it in February. And Aaron and I had done it once. I think we did it like right before the podcast started. And you know, we would go and do it. It was just something dumb to do. And, um, but about a year or so into it, they said, Hey, we're going to turn it into a fundraiser. And we actually have been able to use the community every year to raise funds for it. And the funds go to this North Carolina children's hospital, which is this specialized hospital for kids that have kind of really bad breaks. You know, they get, they get hot, they get, uh, they get cancer, they get these rare diseases. They have to stay in the hospital for a long time. Um, and so, you know, the really kind of cool, byproduct of this big community we've built is that people are now like, oh man, this is a cause I can get behind because these guys care about this cause. They're willing to go do this dumb thing. We'll throw some money at it. And the byproduct of that is, you know, these kids get, you know, one day better life, two day better life, whatever that is. And so, you know, sometimes you're like the, the communities become more than just people learning or liking a current topic. They become kind of a force multiplier. What's been your best uh, finishing time on the Krispy Kreme run? I'm curious. So the whole thing is you have to be able to do it in less than an hour. So it's, 
it's extended from four miles to five miles because there's so many people they have to spread it out. Um, we've both finished it in an hour and eaten all the donuts uh, and kept it all down um, a couple of times. And now, now we just do it to finish it. Um, we've actually we've we've actually been <laughs> the, the race the race has changed from this incredibly dumb thing that we do just for kind of laughs to we now raise the most money for it. Um, and so we, we, now we have this obligation of being like, okay, we raised the most money. We did it last year. We did it the year before we have to go and do it. So we don't really care about the time anymore so much as we are just like, okay, can we raise the most money this year as opposed to, can we eat the most donuts? And can you survive? Cause and can you survive? And well, <laughs> if I'll, I'll put it this way, if you're, if you're kind of morbidly curious, the ending, the end of the race is, um, it's, it's not pretty <laughs> in terms of, in terms of running and keeping things down. It's a, it's, it's a lot of landmines. So there's, there's videos of it out there. If anybody wants to look it up. No, I've heard that. Well, at least the way it's been described to me is it's an out and back of sorts. And so basically the whole middle is and sides are just trash cans, just the whole, the whole Pretty way. Much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The go, going, going out is, is easy because it's downhill and coming back is uphill. And yeah, it's what you'd expect if you are running and, and eating large quantities of food. <laughs> Not just food, donuts. And, and is there milk involved too? I've heard there's milk involved. You no, there's, milk. I, I mean, you're welcome to bring whatever you want. Um, <laughs> we, we ran next to one kid one year who uh, going out was like, you know, I don't feel that good. I had like 14 beers last night and we were like oh man we need to run away we need to run away from this kid it's gonna end badly uh but no it's it's mostly become like mardi gras it's like lots of costumes and uh yeah people have different ways that they they get all the donuts down sometimes they soak them in water sometimes they eat them one by one it's um it's a it's a thing it's a sight to see so for anyone listening that's in the the north carolina south carolina virginia area make sure you you observe the 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 mecca that is the Krispy Kreme run at some point That's in your right. life make it's it a, a, make a, it a bucket list item you know absolutely you got to come and do it once um, yeah it's 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 a crazy event so I'm curious about your long term goals for the podcast because I know when you started it was very much like we just want to kind of stay connected with what's going on on the West Coast and you know it's an opportunity for us to connect with people and learn new things new technologies things in our industry. But but now you've you've been around for a while, coming up on episode four hundred. How how long do you think you're going to keep doing it, and and where are you hoping that it goes? It's a it's a great question. Um, it's something we actually sit and ask ourselves like every year. Like, do we want to keep doing this? Are we you know do we still have the stomach for doing it? Um, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things we we sort of want to get out of it. It's it's um, on on one level, it's actually turned into something that. Um, uh, you know, is a, is sort of a nice side hobby. Um, we, we've had a bunch of companies that have asked us if, if they could advertise and we've sort of figured out a way to do that without killing the soul of the show. Um, so that's, that's been sort of a nice thing, uh, in, in terms of, you know, kind of a secondary thing. Um, you know, there, there's times when we ask ourselves, like, do we want to stay in our current jobs and do this thing full time just because, um, you know, you start to see, things come along and you go, oh, you know, I, you wouldn't have to travel nearly as much. Um, you get to meet a lot of new people. And, um, you know, so we question that sometimes is, you know, could we do this as more than just, you know, purely a side hobby? Could we do it as a more regular thing? Um, you know, I, I think for us, it, it just goes hand in hand with if we want to stay in the industry, you know, the only constant is change um, and it changes pretty fast. So it it's just become a vehicle to keep us vibrant in the industry. So I don't know that we have a really big goal in terms of like, oh, yeah, I don't know, win an award or I don't even know what kind of goals people have for podcasts, but it's it's just kind of become part of who we are. And I think the bigger thing we're trying to figure out is, 
now that there are so many shows out there, so many podcasts, so many other things that people listen to, you know, not all tech related, but anything, are we still doing something that will appeal to people? Um, and that's always the thing we question ourselves for. I think we're going to, we're going to kind of experiment with some stuff, uh, with, you know, different formats and, um, you know, different interview types or, you know, maybe interviews aren't the thing to do anymore, but you know, just the, just the whole, like, are we still doing something that's relevant given the million choices people have with, with other podcasts is, is always kind of a fun goal for us to go figure out year to year. Well, and you have to, there has to be some part of it that's selfishly like fulfilling. Yeah. Otherwise it's very easy to just feel like now I'm a slave to this monster that I created, this Frankenstein that's just got me on a hamster wheel. And every week I got to put out an episode, whether I like it or not. Um, and, and so, so I'm always, I'm always curious, like what's the goal? When is enough enough? When do you need to stop? When do you need to pivot? Cause don't get me wrong. I love podcasting. I work in it full time, but <laughs> for most people, you're not going to podcast the rest of your life. You know, so at some point your podcast will end. Um, I, I, I think yeah. the thing is, I think if, I think if you'd asked us that a few years ago, we'd have been like, man, there's, we're, we're going to leave a hole. Some, you know, people, people kind of listen, they give us a half an hour of their week and we're going to leave a hole. You know, now if we decided tomorrow that we wanted to hang it up, there are so many other shows that are out there. I think, you know, at least selfishly we would go, things are fine. People will find whatever we used to provide from them or, you know, the better than we, that we could have provided. Um, so yeah, now it's, you know, it's a little bit, like you said, now it's become a little bit of a selfish thing of us going, you know, do we want to keep doing it? Do we, do we learn something from it? And I think on the day when we decide, like, I just, I don't want to learn any more stuff. I'm happy with what I know or whatever, then, then we'll, we'll give it up. Um, but for now we're still kind of, uh, you know, technically curious, if you will. And that kind of drives us. That's about the only goal that, that sort of drives us week to week. Um, the show could drop in half and people don't necessarily all have to listen, but it gives us an excuse to, to stay curious more than anything. Have there been any people that you have interviewed that maybe were like on your A-list of, we'll never get this guy? And they're like, oh, yeah, I would love to. Uh, I always love hearing those kinds of stories. We've, yeah, we've, we've had some, we've had some like venture capitalists who, you know, invested in some really huge companies. Um, like I said, we had the guy who was like the original architect for Netflix, um, which, you know, we, we all now take for granted. Um we had one that was we had one that was really interesting and it was kind of a flyer and and a couple of times a year I'm always like ah I'm just going to do a different kind of show and it may not fit and I had read this article about a guy who was a former coal miner in Kentucky and obviously you know coal is no longer uh, as big a deal as it was you know two decades three decades ago and this guy was not just a coal miner but like a multi generational coal miner and he'd gotten laid off his his mine had closed. His city was basically, you know, kind of barren to a certain extent. And he learned how to be a software programmer. He went to like the local community college, learned how to be a software programmer, kind of figured out, okay, this there's demand for this stuff. And I, I know how to figure this stuff out. And he has built this whole company around retraining um, uh, former coal miners, at least in his town and his area, how to be software programmers. And on the surface, you're like, well, that's kind of cool. Like it's technology that's helping people move from one generation to the next. Um, but the really interesting thing was, and, and this is, I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing, um, you know, in his town or in his, in his region, uh, they're affected by this opioid crisis, which a lot of America is affected by. And they actually uh, had gotten 
they had built a prototype and they had gotten a grant from from you know either one of the uni- local universities or from the state government. They built a application that basically is like nine one one for people that have, have overdosed, but it's it's like Uber for it. And and the reason it was important is because you know they're really spread out and and you know they're far from the next nine one one or police station, and they could reach out to people if like a friend or a family member was going through some sort of seizure or an, over an overdose, they could push this button. It would reach out to all these different people who might actually have um, some skill in, you know, resuscitation or the anti-drug that would, you know, sort of save their life. So it's kind of this really interesting story that, you know, I thought was just starting off as like, uh, you know, here's this guy who kind of changed his career because of technology. And he tells this whole story about how he's totally reshaping his community. And he's making this really big impact on something that, he can't necessarily control, but he can, you know, impact in some small way. So those actually turn out to be the ones that are they're more interesting to us than like, did we get a big name? It's like, did you do something that's that's impactful, even if it's in your small part of the world? And that was that was that's always been kind of a cool story to us. Yeah, I think about some of my well, first of all, that's really cool what he's doing. Um but yeah, second of all, when I think about some of my favorite interviews, they weren't the ones I expected. Right, the the people that you think, oh wow, Mr. So and So like came on my podcast and it was phenomenal um, because he was so famous. It, it's not typically how it works. It's no that that was a really crazy awesome story, or that person just had a lot to offer, or I learned so much, you know. And, and if you ever need an example of of why this is true, just go watch Joe Rogan try to interview Elon Musk uh, when he's sleep deprived and then also drunk and high at the same time. And it's just a, tra- it's a, it's a train wreck, but you'd think if I got Elon Musk on my podcast, then that would be the greatest day ever. And and it just turned into one giant babysitting experience for Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it becomes, I mean, I, I guess if, if you, if you've done this long enough, I mean, the one thing you get with a lot of repetitions doing podcasts is you, you do learn how to read people, even if you can't always visually see them. Um, and I always find the most interesting shows are the ones where, you know, after a few minutes, you get people to sort of forget that they're 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 on the microphone that they're being recorded and they just start telling you what they're passionate about and you know like how they got the 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 idea for whatever they did and they just kind of get going you know it's more like you're hanging out with them i don't know at the bar or by the fireplace or something and um you know like i always find the the good podcasters and i don't know that i'd put myself in this category but like they're able to get people to open up and just start talking about things and not stay on message or not feel like, well, I, I can only give you, you know, so many words and, um, but yeah, it's, it is kind of, it's, it's an interesting skill to, to convince, to somehow convince people without convincing them to let you know what's in their head and get that to come out. Awesome. Well, Brian, it's been a fantastic conversation. I've had a lot of fun digging into your story. I've got one final question for you. If you and all your technical prowess could build a time machine that had one destination pre-programmed the day before you started your podcast, and you could go back and ask yourself or tell yourself one one thing. What would you What would you say to yourself? Oh, you know, I, I've heard you ask this on a bunch of other shows, so I've been thinking about it a little bit. Um, I, I think it would be, and hopefully, it's okay to do more than one. Um, I, I think the two things I would I would share with people is number one, um, just be be repetitious. Like showing up is way more important than being great. At least early on, just show up all the time. Um, we we learn that after a little while. And the second one is you you want to make the 
the quality of your audio as good as you can, but but don't don't spend a whole lot of time taking out all the ums and ahs and all the like. Don't make don't make the post part of the show miserable. Um, you know, take out a little bit if somebody has some really weird tick, do that. But um, you know, don't don't kill yourself with the post production. Just be re, you know be repetitive. Show up every week. And, uh, you know, just make what, whatever you think is the best thing you can do without killing yourself and doing it because it'll make you want to come back and do it the next week. If you are an IT professional, make sure to check out the Cloudcast at thecloudcast.net and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you wish that you could be featured on a future episode of Podcasting in Real Life? Well, you can. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to submit your application. Now, next week, we will not be having our normally scheduled interview episode, but I've got an exciting announcement to share with you regarding BuzzCast, the future of BuzzCast, and what we are cooking up for you in the future. And let me just say, when you hear all the stuff that we're planning on doing, it's it's totally fine to freak out from excitement. I'm freaking out right now, and I have to wait a whole week to tell you about it, but it's okay. We're all going to get there together. So I just want to give you a heads up that next week will not be a normal episode, but instead I'll be letting you know about the future of BuzzCast. That is it for today. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep podcasting.